0: Hello, climate designers. Thank you for being part of this community of designers taking on climate action.
1: We are graphic designers, industrial designers, fashion designers, software designers, illustrators, interaction designers, architects, or any other kind of designer pushing for climate action in their work.
0: You can learn more and join us at climatedesigners.org.
1: This is brought to you by Sarah Harrison and Mark O'Brien of The Determined. Hey everyone, we are here. This is Sarah.
0: Hey, what's up? It's Mark.
1: And we're sitting here today with Evan Hines of climate.careers. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah.
0: Thanks for hanging out. Um, I guess this would be the first official (laughs) podcast for We Are Climate Climate Designers. Designers. So you're the first. Awesome. Being
1: our inaugural guest. This is
2: really exciting. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah. So we met, um, well, we knew of your, Company uh, Climate Careers for a good while, and then we just recently met on Zoom, maybe about a month and a half ago or so. Um, so maybe, yeah, it would be great for you to kind of tell us what is Climate Careers and why did you start it?
2: Um, yeah, happy to give that intro. So uh, Climate Careers is a um, it's a marketplace for talent. Um, it's a place where, um, job seekers can find climate impactful opportunities. And our mission at Climate Careers is to mobilize the world's talent to solve the climate crisis. Um, we feel that in the, in the realm of individual impact, um, as it relates to the climate crisis, the climate emergency, oftentimes the conversation is heavily focused around how we spend our money and what our consumer behaviors are, and also a little bit about our voting behaviors, right? Um, but even in the voting behaviors, like, which candidates are you contributing to? It's all about spending your money and being a consumer. And I think that there's a missing side of that conversation, or, or rather, there's a, a, a side of the conversation that isn't talked about enough, which is how you make your money. So what you do with your 40 hours or 50 hours a week um and you know what organization is paying you so um you know and and i think that when we think about actual impact i think that um compared to donating 20 dollars a month to a carbon offset project when we get that same person to actually align their career uh, their paycheck their working hours with um solving climate change the impact is far greater mm-hmm um but the origin story of climate curse basically stems from my own my own job search i uh it was a couple months after the ipcc report came out in 2018 Mm. um i was i was very um (laughs) i had a lot of climate anxiety is, is actually the truth and um you know i'm someone who's born and raised in berkeley i remember going to see inconvenient truth in theaters with my parents and at the time i forget exactly how old i was but i was like really young like maybe like 10 or 12 or something and i remember thinking this is terrifying But thank gosh, we have all these smart people and great politicians, and we're going to figure this out. And so here we are, you know, late 2018. You know, I'm like, I'm like, you know, like (laughs) freaking out because I'm realizing that that's totally not the case. And we're not on the right trajectory. Things are worse than ever. And I'm thinking, okay, well. I'm someone who's always cared about what my impact is as a professional. What what can I do to make to ensure that what I do in my next career, in my in my next job is is in line with solving the climate crisis and I just did not know where to get started. I was looking at the platforms that exist, LinkedIn, you know, Indeed, um Angelist even. And I was like going through their you know, doing keyword searches for climate change, climate crisis, climate solutions. Um, I was looking at, you know, on Angelus, they have like a green jobs section, green companies section. And like, I'm just coming across all this bullshit, to be totally honest. And, and like, I really understand, I, as someone who's worked in the talent acquisition world, I understand the value of these platforms. Um, they're valuable for, for certain audiences. Uh, <laughs> but if you are a, small startup or small nonprofit that's doing incredibly impactful work within climate, how do you stand out against all the noise? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of greenwashing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of social washing. And it's important, I think now more than ever, as we see these issues like the climate crisis um, continue to grow uh, in severity um, and simultaneously seeing a growing public awareness and demand for action, um, I think it's important that we help job seekers weed through that noise and find opportunities that are truly impactful. And so basically I was I was I got introduced to Project Drawdown. Um, and for those of you listening who don't know what Project Drawdown is, um, they're a nonprofit research organization. And they their mission is to identify all the most impactful solutions to the climate crisis. So they take a very evidence data driven approach in, in how they go about that. And I was going through their first volume of research that they published in a book called Drawdown. And I'm going page by page and I'm just thinking, oh, my gosh, this is like the perfect framework that I needed as a job seeker to think about what are the solutions to the climate crisis and then where can I plug in from there? Mm -hmm. But the the resource that I needed was it needed to be going beyond just here are the solutions. It needed to also say, and here are the organizations that are working on these solutions and here's who's hiring. So recognizing that that resource didn't exist, I mean, I needed it for myself. And so I got started with an Excel spreadsheet. Mm. Flash forward to where we're at today, you know, that has evolved into the website, climate.careers. And, you know, our mission has evolved from help Evan get a climate impactful (laughs) job and has evolved into, you know, help other people like myself get a climate impactful job. And what's been really exciting is that though we're still kind of figuring out exactly what our business model is, one thing is for sure, what we've built is valuable for people.
1: Awesome. Yeah. When I first saw Climate.Careers, I kind of thought to myself, like, of course, this exists. Like, it's always existed. Right. And to finally talk to you and realize that it's really that new. You just super new. you just made it up. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And like, I'm not an engineer. I'm not a product manager by training. um, And so for me, on a personal note, I'll say that it's been a huge learning experience um, and it's been a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I think what's really interesting we were talking earlier and i've been talking about this with a lot of people this week is like you know we're adults now we just create things we just make stuff up we just see that something doesn't exist and we think it should and so we do it which is awesome
0: (laughs) i i I love i love hearing projects a few of my old projects before the studio started as a spreadsheet right and then it just Yep. blossomed from there so I, I I love the fact that you started that scrappy yeah.
2: and we're still scrappy i mean the team is myself my brother our friend yasin and our engineer shu and um and there's definitely a handful of folks who you know help out uh sort of on, on the perimeter of of the team um advocating for us here and there um but i mean we're super scrappy cool like we're we're all working out of I mean, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed to say this, but I'm also not embarrassed to say, like, out of my parents' house because yeah.
0: because that's that's what you do when yeah. you're no, it and you got something you exactly. build. Exactly, <laughs> we love scrappy, we love the DIY ethos. So, yeah, um, yeah so maybe tell us a bit yeah. more. What kind of companies are posting jobs on on the website?
2: Yeah, great question. Um, so. Um, it's a lot of. So, again, sticking with the project drawdown framework, um, we just go one step further um, and say what organizations are working on these solutions. And so in answering your question directly, it's everything from clean tech companies that are working on, you know, energy related solutions um, to ag tech companies. Right. Uh, organizations that are. Um, Oh and let me also just clarify it's not just tech companies like there's a lot of nonprofits there's a lot of low tech companies so that aren't using software and stuff as part of like the core of what they do um and you know as someone who is not a uh an actual technologist myself, I, I do recognize that um sometimes we like to uh sort of glorify the technologists among us. Yeah. Um yeah. the reality is that we have to make sure that there we're exposing high impact opportunities for people that might not have such um uh and this is mm, that might not be technologists themselves. Sure, sure. Um, so there's a lot of nonprofits on our platform. Um, and even organizations like Project Drawdown, right? They've posted their jobs on our platform before. Um, they're not a tech company. They're a research nonprofit. Um, so you can find those opportunities as well. Yeah, I'm
0: really glad you brought that up too. Because I think, you know, we live in Silicon Valley, the Bay Area. I feel like there's just a lot of, you know, people have this... I know. This perception of tech will save everything, tech as number one, and I, I appreciate your thoughts on, or your comments on, it. it's more than that. It's going to take more different types of people, all hands on deck, yeah. um, not just technology, but all the other people that can contribute to this.
2: 100%. And if it wasn't, if that wasn't the case, it'd be concerning because then we'd be facing an equity issue. Oh, totally. Um, where yeah. all the, all the high impact jobs yeah. would be going to people that are like, you know, graduating MIT and going through boot camps. And that's just not, that's not, um, the, in my opinion, the, that that is an ideal. Right. Um on top of that, it's also just not what the evidence shows, right? right? The the science behind climate solutions research shows that um only about a third of these solutions looking at just the top 100 are would fall into the sort of the profitable um private industry area. Mm-hmm. Um and then the rest are sort of across um government initiatives, consumer behavior change, um but also like the kind of work that a for-profit is just not going to be able to um capitalize on perhaps as effectively like for instance um planting planting uh like reforestation efforts, mm-hmm. um, is probably going to be a combination of nonprofits working with technology companies. Like there's, I forget the name of it, but there's one drone company that's building drones yeah. specifically to plant right. seeds, um, for, mm-hmm. to, to regrow trees, right? And they can like, they're, they're, they're so much more effective when they deploy that technology versus like having individuals walk through the forest and, sure, and plant true, seeds. True. So, um, um, but the bottom line is is like there's certain areas in the climate solutions world that are are equipped for a for profit industry. Um, and there are certain opportunities that are better matched for nonprofit work. Yeah. Um and then and then a whole host of solutions that are really top down at the government level.
0: Great. Interesting. What kind of uh or maybe asking it this way, are you seeing any creative jobs being posted on the website? Is there are these companies realizing that they need, I mean, this being the climate designers podcast, you know, thinking about the people that are listening, are these companies realizing that, Hey, you know, not only technologists not only people in policy, but we also need creative folks. And are you finding that companies are aware of that and posting to the website? Um, Well,
2: I'll say that, you know, we could definitely do a redesign with our own website right now. Um, And, you know, so, so yes, like, (laughs) (laughs) and it's not just us, right? Like every organization that we work with, um, it's important to remember that solving something like the climate crisis, uh, when we're talking about at the occupational level, um, it's important. You have to really look at it at the organizational level. Um, and so when you consider a, let's go back to that, um, um, let's go back to that, uh, well, let's just talk about, you know, made up generic clean tech company, right? Um, they need designers.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: They need people who are gonna, who are gonna create like a really great customer facing website.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, they also might need product designers um if they're building an application of some sort they're going to need product managers uh, who understand uh, ux and ui principles um so i i think it's i mean this is where i get really excited because i don't think like i think that almost anyone can have a climate career like i i think that it's it's an it's an opportunity for so many people of so many different kinds of backgrounds to align themselves with their skill sets and their experience um to get involved I, so yes the answer is yes there are lots of creative opportunities I mean, if you go to climate Cruise right now, you'll probably find design jobs and and product management jobs. Mm-hmm.
1: Awesome. So thinking back to two thousand eighteen, climate anxiety, Evan. Yeah. Um, looking for a job, trying to find something. Where you are now? Yeah. Are you? Do you think you satisfied that urge that that need that you were looking to fill personally?
2: Yes, and but but it's more complicated than just a yes or no question. Mm-hmm. Like. My background was not, though I was like educated as a kid on on the climate crisis. Uh, back mm-hmm. then, we were calling it global warming for sure. for those Gen Zers listening right now. <laughs> <That's> um, <definitely. laughs> um, global heating originally was the term. Um, weather but, weirdness. Yeah, right. That be the new term. <laughs> weather weather weirdness, right? <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, my background wasn't in this space. I, I didn't come from a, a hard science background. Um, I didn't come from Sort of like, like professionally speaking, my background was in recruiting at startups. It was in selling software. Like I was like kind of like your standard, relatively early, mid-career tech kind of person with non-technical skills. So I was like really struggling. Like, where do I fit in? Mm. Um, this whole project um, really was, I mean, before we launched the platform, I, we organized the world's first climate career fair in San Francisco. And that was actually the goal of that, other than to do a really great career fair was honestly to get myself like plugged into this network and put myself at a center and have an excuse to talk to all these companies and nonprofits and make myself known as an individual. Um,
0: Love that. Probably. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, like I'm a big believer in social hacking. Sure. Like you gotta, you gotta put yourself out there, well, especially right? in the Bay. You have to, you have to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and like, I'm sure that part of you doing this climate designers project and doing this podcast is, is also because you are trying to, Build somewhat of a personal brand, and because you're really passionate about this, and mm-hmm. and I think all of this is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I think sometimes we like weirdly uh, look down upon people who are like personal, like working on their personal brand, but I think it's an important thing to do, especially when we're talking about a, a cause or, mm-hmm. or a mission. Um, I think I was able to. We'll see where this project goes. Um, for now, this appears to be my job, um, and and if it continues to be so, great. Um, I think that. No matter what the future holds for me, like I've been able to get in this space to get really knowledgeable on on sort of a broad spectrum of everything happening in the world of climate.
0: Yeah, we you're mentioning we were all talking about purpose versus skills. Yeah. Meaning versus skills Mm. and an employee or a young person who is looking for their next job or their first job perhaps. And so, yeah, absolutely. So,
2: um
0: what the data is showing more and more with each
2: study that passes is that cause, purpose, mission, um, these are things that job seekers are seeking seeking for in their careers more and more. And I think that um, organizations that are focused on impactful work, particularly on big, scary issues like climate change, um, will have a competitive advantage in attracting the best talent because the best talent usually has the luxury of caring about where they're going to where they're going to which organization they're going to work for and how they're going to make their money. Um if you are straight out of school and you went to like perhaps one of these you know supposed lower tier schools or something like that and your portfolio as a designer let's say isn't like super outstanding, you might not have the luxury of just being able to like choose whatever organization you're going to work for and command a high salary if you do get a job there. Right. Um the the most talented people are more likely to have that option. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think that, um, and look consumer products, they've already been aware of this, like on the consumer product side, that's why Patagonia has such strong brand affinity mm-hmm. because people resonate with their mission, yep. right? They're, they want to buy Patagonia over their competitors, even though Patagonia might be more expensive because they like the brand because of what it stands for. Right. It stands for right. sustainability or rather it stands for being more sustainable.
0: Yeah. And, and you can even say that, you know, someone wearing a Patagonia jacket is making a statement that also incorporates into their personal brand because, you know, this stuff projects, you know, and you, you make a statement. And that hopefully kind of has this um, ripple effect yeah. outwardly to where other people can start to see, oh, this guy or this person takes uh, this stuff really serious or this person really right. cares about this stuff. Maybe I should look into... What that person is, is, um, cares about, or maybe what do I care about? And that'll probably, um, help people start to take a bit more, I don't know, ownership of what is it that they, where do they want to put their energy and what do they want to care about? And maybe that'll help them determine their next career move, you know, where they apply to next or what, what skills they want to learn so that it'll help them, um, kind of align their mission, their personal mission, their, their purpose so that, you know, the next career move that they make is actually one that they want to do and not one that just will offer them a higher paycheck.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, in the realm of happiness research too, we're seeing that a high paycheck does not really, there's very little, there's, there's weak evidence that shows that the more money you make, the more happy, happier you are. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I, I forget when and where I saw this report. But I did recall relatively recently seeing a report that there's kind of actually like a sweet spot mm-hmm. um, that in many cases more money is more problems. Um, but the bottom line is is not about like really how much money you make. I, th- I think the point is that um it's about how you make your money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Um, in addition to more and more job seekers, both senior, mid level, and certainly early career professionals looking at impact uh, increasingly as as sort of a, one of their, if not their top. Um, sort of metric that they care about when looking at an organization to join. On the on the other side of it too, you see organizations that are able to attract mission-driven talent being more successful on the whole. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, and it's not just that they're getting the best talent in the door. It's that there are that when you have aligned missions and and you have your and your employees or, or your team is uh, purpose-oriented around what the organization's core mission is. You see the same individuals also stay at these organizations longer. Um, They're far less likely to leave, and they're far more likely to be successful and also to take on leadership positions within that org. So there's straight up bottom line benefits um, that climate impactful organizations have, and I'm willing to say other kinds of impactful organizations have. But it comes down to like, how do you communicate that? And actually, this is a really important thing that I think designers can have a huge part in, um, is making sure that. The mission of the organization, everything from the look and feel of an organization, right? Like mm-hmm. its its actual graphic design and stuff, uh, its website design, all that, right? Um, to the uh, to the words that are used on their website exactly. and in their marketing materials, yep, um, yep. that you're that you're that designers and copywriters are telling the story of the organization in a way that's going to attract those kind of people who care about the mission.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah I kind of have this secret goal in all of this um, that someday you know corporations that are just trying to make more money will just fail and we won't have any more of them because they can't hire anyone because everybody that they want to hire is you know going to the companies that are doing positive good
2: yeah i mean i that'd be great i think that there's a lot of people though um that don't have the luxury of thinking beyond the paycheck it's true and so there's always going to be some people who have a price, yeah, a price for their like mission or their dignity, and also like, mm-hmm. I have a feeling like the three of us here are particularly um, mission impact kind of minded people. Not everyone is, right, yeah. But I think I think to your point, that might be changing, yeah, mm-hmm. rapidly. I it's think, definitely I changing so. with, yeah. I mean, I it's changing so. with the younger organ, yeah. the younger uh, generation yep. for sure. Yep. Yep. What do they call now? Gen Alpha is the, like the younger, younger than Gen younger than Z. Gen Z. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. What are they like?
0: Three years old
1: now? Like, something make, like that. I can't keep up. Make feel like old person. <laughs> I mean, we
2: are old people. Now,
1: right?
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, like I was in New York during the climate strikes, um, or like the most recent round of climate strikes. Uh, I was like there with Greta and there with the young youth climate activists, and I'm surrounded by. A, I can't remember exactly how many were marching in New York City, but hundreds of thousands of people in New York, and then six million globally. Mm -hmm. And in every continent, you saw it strikes. And what I think about is like, you know, here are people that are spending their Fridays not going to school, not going to their jobs, because they think, because they care so much about this issue that they are willing to forego that quote unquote productivity Mm -hmm. um, to get in the streets to protest for action. When I think about the future of work and what the next generation and what current generations of people um, care about. I, I look at that. I'm, I'm like reminded of being in the streets and seeing all these photos uh, in the days following. Um, and I, I think that these are the this is the audience that employers need to be cognizant of.
1: hundred um, percent.
2: And if if corporations continue to do wrong, if they continue to pollute and um, if they continue to egregiously do wrong, mm-hmm. uh, they will not be able to attract this this next wave yeah. of
0: talent yeah. and and to bring back climate designers.org one of our big hairy audacious goals would be to start to graduate climate designers so right. you mentioned the we talked about this earlier again you mentioned the the youth movement the climate strike movement with all these younger kids generation alpha i guess alpha. <laughs> um you know there's these hundreds of thousands of kids in just new york alone or you know millions around the globe there's gonna be a small you know percentage of them that are interested in design And so imagine them, you know, 15, 16 years old, shopping around for schools when they start to, you know, we teach at CCA, um, California College of the Arts here in San Francisco. Imagine them seeing climate related classes being taught Mm. in these design programs. They're going to be drawn to that. They're going to tell mom and dad, hey, I want to tour that school. Hey, I want to I want to enroll in that school. Right. And so I think this is just the beginning of something that's at least in the design education space that has so much potential so that we can actually start to graduate climate designers. How cool would that be? Whether it's a minor, maybe a major, maybe a whole department, who knows, but I mean, to, to be equipped, um, Equip these young kids with both the skills, but also going back to what you were saying earlier, right. the purpose, the mission-driven mindset uh, around tackling this this crisis. I mean, how fucking amazing would that be? It'd
2: be amazing not only on the organization level of the the education institute itself, because they'll be able to build a really compelling brand. Um, you know, they'll be able to attract. I think really. Um, fantastic students who are gonna be perform better as students because they are approaching their work with a sense of, of um of urgency and care. Mm. Um, it's gonna be great for the world because we need young professionals to be thinking beyond the paycheck that we need them to be thinking about impact. Um I, I think it's a fantastic vision and I think that kind of you know we were talking a little bit about this earlier but I think that um, schools if you know if you consider a school to be like any other organization that has a bottom line that they need to be mindful of um, and you think about schools almost like businesses uh, you know sure. and, and uh, they are and well and they are in many ways um, even if they're nonprofit they're st- <laughs> still basically running a business yeah. um, I think the the schools the educational institutions that um are able that build a brand yeah that build a brand around impact Um, and I think perhaps starting with climate um, they're gonna have a competitive advantage
1: yeah it's amazing and yeah that's why I love what you're doing with climate.careers and I I love that you were willing to come in here and talk about it about all this stuff with us because you're so eloquent and passionate about it and I think you know, what you're doing with climate careers is enabling people who already have that desire and that passion to dedicate their skills and their time to solving the climate crisis. You know, you're enabling them to be able to find a way to do that and actually make money doing it so they don't have to volunteer in their spare time and then go to the job that they hate. Mm-hmm. You know, they can combine these two things and live a life full of meaning and purpose. I,
2: Love it. oh yeah, I mean, that's, I, I've had the fortune of, of being able to benefit in the same way as a result of working on climate careers. Mm -hmm. Like, and I think that there are so many young people in particular that are looking at the future and it's hard not to feel anxious. And it's, it's not just about climate anxiety. I mean, that's, that's probably the bulk of it for a lot of people. Um, But it's also around issues of, uh, of equality, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, issues like automation, right? Like people are like, what, what skills should I even equip myself with right. if they might become useless in five Man. years from now? That's right.
0: That's a whole other podcast right there. Totally. And, yeah. and, and I can, a, it's an important, yeah, it's, it's,
2: it's all intertwined yeah, to a yeah. certain, yeah. In, to yeah. a, in a large sense. And, you know, um, and I think that the best way that I was able to relieve my pretty severe climate anxiety, um, is by taking action. And right. I think that, um, the, that because I work on this every day, like I actually don't have anxiety anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah, like when I really like if I like, you know, read like a really depressing report, I'm, I'll definitely feel some anxiety. Yeah. But like it's acute and it's not constant um, because what I'm doing most with most of my waking hours is working on the problem.
1: That's really powerful.
2: Yeah. I mean, taking action yeah. is the best way to reduce any kind of anxiety.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And what better types of people to take action than designers who are able to make stuff? They're able to visualize ideas and to move ideas forward. I mean, that's. You
2: know, hell yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I, I I think I think it's absolutely critical. Um, I'll also like I, I just really want to mention also that like I think sometimes we when we think about solving the climate solving the climate crisis, we get a little caught up in like the specific solutions, right? But there is a larger conversation to have, and I don't know if you want to dig into this right now um, around kind of like our systems.
0: In ourselves.
2: In ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. That's,
0: again, that's a whole other podcast. But yes, we would, oh uh, man. But like, we we, ha- we definitely have thoughts on that.
2: We have a cultural crisis. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Which is that totally. across, across our entire culture, um, and I, I don't, maybe I, I shouldn't say the entire world, um, there's definitely pockets in the world that maybe aren't this way. But certainly here in the United States, in our culture as it's permeated all around the world through capitalism, uh, we've all developed this mindset of it's never enough.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep.
2: And that is a really dangerous mindset because it makes us all individually act like cancerous cells. And then on the whole, it makes the entire system act in a cancerous way where we're growing and growing and growing. And so I think that, um, you know, and unfortunately, I think a lot of people that feel things like climate anxiety, they don't, they, instead of taking action, I think they like Kind of covered up with consumer type of behaviors, yeah. right? They they buy something else. They they yeah. go make themselves feel good. Yeah, they yeah. they get a bottle of like you know whiskey, and then they yeah. get wasted with their friends and and there it's this kind of like let's consume to cover up these wounds, right. you know. And I think the yeah. better thing to do is let's get to work on it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because then, because like then you don't feel as bad, and and you know you can you you find yourself in a place of mental peace. Uh, as a result of of aligning your work yeah. with and this, and you're,
0: you're collaborating with others with the same idea, and you just you're part of this larger group of people who see it as more of an opportunity and and more of a okay, hey, let's do this, let's put our hands together. Totally, and yeah. So let's we should definitely um, yeah have you back to talk more about that. I'd That'd love to. I, um, I
2: think not everyone can be a climate activist, yeah. um, and and so I think it's so important that. Um, to help people uncover opportunities where they can have an impact uh, in their day to day. You know, it's, it's important that we <clears throat> that we have resources like climate designers and we have resources like climate careers to help people get uh, involved yeah. in a really hands on way.
0: awesome i guess on that note yeah thanks evan thank you this was awesome
1: is there anything else that you want to bring yeah how can
0: people find you we've said your website yeah so 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 the
2: website is just (laughs) climate.careers um my name's evan hines uh that's hynes you can find me on linkedin and stuff i'm pretty responsive um uh any other things i want to say i guess um i guess just like keep doing this really amazing work um I'm, i'm really happy to be here i feel honored um and it's really nice to be connecting with, with fellow climate-minded, impact-minded individuals. Awesome. Cool, man. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Cool.
2: Onward.
0: Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out climatedesigners.org to sign up for email updates. And while you're there, you can check out other stuff.
1: You can create a profile page highlighting your climate-related work. Or you can seek out climate jobs and other resources to boost your climate design career. Or for design educators, find resources to bring climate action into your classroom.
0: Yeah. Join the conversation on social media with a hashtag. I am a climate designer or hashtag climate designers, all one word.